This episode, I'm going to start off with a little bit of... Good news, everyone! So, I've tossed around a lot of good ideas. A lot of things just popped into my head. And then, they kind of went away. And I never really got settled on one. They kind of just, kind of just bounced and bounced around. Anywho, your net suits will let you experience Fry's worm-infested bowels as if you were actually wriggling through them. Okay, hold on. Before I get going, I think I hear someone downstairs. I think it's a delivery. Hello? Pizza delivery for, uh, Icy Wiener? Oh, crud. I always thought by this point in my life, I'd be the one making the crank call. Okay. Maybe the whole gist of everything is... figure that out? I know probably a lot of you can. And probably a lot of you are going, oh, come on, that's a gimme. Everyone knows what that is. Well, that's Futurama. That's the Professor and Fry. There was a little bit of a bit where Zoidberg came in, but there wasn't a lot of what Zoidberg's comment was, and it kind of cut it out, so I just cut to the end of the Professor's comment so that you didn't choppy. You didn't get the Zoidberg all choppy. But I thought that to include that and to go and to start off with that as best as I could and to try and make it sound like the Professor and Fry were answering me. And I thought that was kind of cool. I really thought that was really cool. But I wanted to do an, an episode on because I've done a lot of research and done looking into Nucky. And there was there there actually was a Nucky, so I'm kind of curious as to what the difference is between the Nuckies, between Steve Buscemi's Nucky Thompson and the real Nucky Johnson. Now they both they both existed, that well existed in the sense that Steve Buscemi's was fake, and it existed on TV. So I guess you could say it didn't he didn't really exist. So, uh, so I, I've interesting. There's a lot of interesting theories and a lot of interesting stories and a lot of interesting things that I found up and dug up. And a lot of this comes from Patch and from Time Magazine and from Wikipedia, where I got a lot of my sources. And a lot of this is just really, really cool. So I wanted to to dig into it and get into it. Um, their names come from from Steve Buscemi's Nucky Thompson. And Nucky Johnson, they both come, their real names are Enoch, as everyone knows, as, I, as I've just said. And the stories of them is really cool. Now, Steve Buscemi's Nucky goes, is based on Nucky Johnson, but it goes way left, or way right, and way off the mark. Steve Buscemi's Nucky is a bit more, I guess the term is Machiavellian. And more, more crime bossy. Then Nucky Johnson had some connections like that, and he was a racketeer and stuff like that. But he wasn't. I guess they went way, they went way off the mark with Steve Buscemi's character, 
And so there, he is actually based on him. So a lot of this comes from, actually from the article by Kevin Shelley, and it's an interview, it was an interview from, with one of, a lot of this is an interview with one of the writers who actually wrote a book about, about Nucky. And it's very interesting. And it's, a lot of this is really, really, really entertaining. So, what's in a name? When it comes to comparing Nucky Johnson, Atlantic City's real-life politics and racketeering boss, to the fictional Nucky Thompson in Boardwalk Empire, the answer is more than just the the TV fictional TV character's fictionalized name. And this is the from the talk in the interview with with author Nelson Johnson. Nelson Johnson literally wrote the book on the real Enoch Nucky Johnson. T eight says HBO's Terrence Winter about the fictionalized character created for the TV version of Boardwalk Empire is 70% drawn from Johnson's 2002 book of the same name. When I told Johnson, this is the article written by Kevin Shelley, when I told Johnson, a state Supreme Court judge, whom I've known for more than two decades, that it strikes me that the percentages are more like 60% fiction and 40% fact in the HBO series, he laughed and and quickly said, you're not wrong. They are doing their best to historically accurate to historically accurate fiction," said Johnson, who is not related to Nucky. Judge Johnson explained that that by accurate fiction he meant creating a storyline that captures the essence and possibilities of the Prohibition era in Atlantic City, not necessarily the verifiable details. While the show gets details of dress and period atmosphere right, beginning with a trademark red carnation, both on the real and fictional Nucky characters, the, the Nucky characters habitually sport in their, on their suit lapels, in other ways, the show frequently diverges from fact. While Johnson had, had no role in casting, the judge, had no role in casting and only minor input on the details of the series' storylines, he does know that actor Steve Buscemi, best known, for, best known previously as a sad-eyed character, char- character actor accustomed to portraying fast-talking and nervously low-life losers on screen, was, in, was among the first actors cast. They built their cast around him. Buscemi's casting sets a tone for the show's fact bending for the show's fact bending from the outset the real nucky who ruled atlantic city from 1911 to 1941 was tall muscular imposing and a man who swam 5 or 6 days a week to keep in shape nucky johnson weighed about 225 pounds and stood more than 6 feet tall he had a voice to match his stature and used his physical presence to meet and mingle. And he always, always wore glasses. On the other hand, Buscemi's Nucky is not physically imposing. The actor has a high-pitched voice, stands about 5 feet 8 inches tall, weighs under 150 pounds, and is very slight. He never wears glasses, even when portraying his Nucky. He's even tinier in person, 
says the judge, who has met the actor several times. He believes their producers wanted an actor who would remain, who would not remain, who would not remind the audience of the of the bearish James Gandolfini, who played Tony Soprano in Sopranos. They wanted someone who didn't remind people who saw Boardwalk Empire of Tony Soprano. And believe me, Steve Buscemi can play whoever he wants. The last person you're thinking of, and you'll never think of James Gandolfini. You look, I mean, look at a picture of Steve Buscemi. James Gandolfini, you, you would never think that. You could dress, you could dress Buscemi any way you wanted. James Gandolfini is not the thing you're going to think of. But it isn't just his small size that makes Buscemi look unlike the robust real-life Nucky, who was born in the Smithville, who was born in a in the Smithville section of of the Galloway Township, and raised in Mays Landing in Atlantic City during his father's tenure as the Atlantic the Atlantic County Sheriff. Buscemi perpetually appears in need of a nur- of nourishing and a few minutes exposed to sunlight and fresh air to brighten his always pallid complexion. Next, the award-winning actor seems a strong candidate for a clothing intervention, appearing frequently in real life and on film, dressed in something nameless, rumpled, shapeless, and black. I would strongly disagree. See, that may be, 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 be painting Steve Buscemi as kind of like a palish, kind of like, kind of like unnourished, malnourished actor. He's not that. Steve Buscemi is a good actor. And he's, that just may be his way of, that he was trying to portray Nucky at a certain time or given a certain setup that the directors and the writers and the producers told him to portray Nucky in a certain way, or this is what Nucky was feeling, this is what we want you to go for, and this is what we're going for, and that's just what he did. I don't think that the way Steve Buscemi's life, or the way his his portrayal, means that he was that person, that he was malnourished or something. I think that's just an unfortunate and unpleasant character, an unnecessary character characterization of Steve Buscemi. And while he's well costumed in the the HBO series, Buscemi's Nucky Thompson always seems to be wearing an outfit, not clothes he's at home with. Unlike the real Nucky, who had an outgoing, forceful personality, the characters Buscemi built his acting career around, previous to Boardwalk Empire, tended to be tended to be quirky loners. He's been featured in six offbeat Coen Brothers movies, not gregarious leaders. Again, that doesn't mean he can't do it. That just means the roles he, he's had up until that point, and I will say this about any actor, the roles that someone has up until the point where they get their life-changing role doesn't identify them, doesn't make them suitable, more suitable, less suitable, more fitting, less looking, more looking than for the particular role that they're in. That's just who they are. I don't think that because Steve Buscemi had had all these roles 
in Coen Brothers movies doesn't make him any less likely than to por- to portray Nucky than any other actor. And I and I saw Boardwalk Empire, and I remember and I remember thinking, well, that's a good choice. That was a pretty good choice for Steve Buscemi to play Nucky. I I thought I just always thought it was pretty clever, pretty a pretty good choice. The residue of those characters somehow lingers. For me, the writer of this article that I'm referring to, even when Buscemi channels Nucky. For instance, I can't help but think of his character's whiny speech explaining why he doesn't tip in the film Reservoir Dogs every time his Nucky Thompson character attempts to court favor in Boardwalk Empire. The real Nucky likes socializing and living large, eating and drinking in Atlantic City's nightclubs and restaurants freely spending, employing maids and drivers, and tipping big as a matter of habit. Roy, Ray Osbeck, a former inspector with the Atlantic City Fire Department and nephew of Nucky Johnson, said the physical differences between the two Nuckies are huge. Though he, praised, though he praises Buscemi's acting, as did the judge that, were, that I've been talking about. Ray Osbeck otherwise had nothing more to say about the Boardwalk Empire series, adding he and his siblings knew Uncle Nuck when they were children, after his heyday. Physical violence is an aspect of almost every installment of the series, and frankly, the violence is carried out by either Nucky or one of his closest followers. That's not how it really worked in Atlantic City, according to the judge. The real violence was was the threat of economic ruin, and the security belonging to Nucky's organization provided. But that's hard, if not impossible, to show on screen. Instead of physical violence, the people who crossed Nucky and, and his organization lost their government jobs. They were ostracized, their businesses not patronized, operating licenses were pulled, or they were raided and shut down by complicit police who were part of the organization. That's that's what the real Nucky did. You can't portray that on film. You're setting up this whole Boardwalk Empire series. And you can't portray that on film because how many people are going to watch it? Like, you're going to portray the real Nucky and portray it that way. How many people are going to watch that? Really? So you kind of have to take things the way Steve Buscemi's Nucky did. You kind of have to make him a little bit of a gangster. A la Al Capone, Lucky Luciano. You kind of have to make... (coughs) You kind of have to make the character like that. So, you can't... You can't do the real Nucky. You have to do Steve Buscemi's Nucky. Atlantic City's corruption was organic. The season where you could make money was very narrow. You had to scrounge the rest of the year. Depending on a full-time, depending on a full-time year-round job was a big deal that bought loyalty and hard workers, says the judge. The organization's pervasive clout 
the organization's pervasive clout meant physical violence was seldom needed. It was organized crime, but without the violence, said the judge. And speaking of organized crime, while Atlantic City was a wide-open town that welcomed gangsters as guests, Al Capone and his cohorts were not routine fixtures in the town, and they certainly did not oversee most of the local running rum running, most of the local rum running and rackets, as the series might have suggested. Locally, it was Nucky's organization, the Republican Party, that promoted the racketeering and financed their political power. As a historian and lawyer, one of the things that intrigued Nelson Johnson most about Nucky Johnson, most one of the things, as a historian and lawyer, one of the things that intrigued Nelson Johnson most about Nucky Johnson was the interlocking organization he built. Starting on the see Nelson Johnson. Starting on the street and, pre- and precinct level, then to the ward level, not just in Atlantic City, but in nearby towns throughout the county government. The fact is, the organization was actually the ruling Republican Party, and all of its many minions, from street captains on up, said the judge. The organization was vast. It re- its reach extended to the state house, the governor's office, the state Supreme Court, and the operations of the local newspaper. Nucky Johnson was the center of that organization. Unlike the fictionalized Nucky Thompson, the real Nucky made it a point to directly meet and interact with the rank-and-file members of the organization. To know about their loyalties and the details of their lives, according to the judge. They aren't showing how that worked. They really don't show the rank-and-file, just the ward healers. And the TV series also doesn't depict Nucky's schmoozing with the common people. One of the foundations of his success, says the judge. There's a lot of, there's a lot of inconsistencies. A lot of things, you know, trying to get my notes here to go back to the page that I was on, and it's not. Yeah, I'm trying to get it to jump, and it's just not, as it tends to do, it's not, it's not behaving. There's a lot about the Empire, about, about what's the, what's, what's the similarities between, between, um, between Nucky and, I'm gonna, I, there's another, I found, I found, like I mentioned, Wikipedia. And I'm trying to I'm trying to find it, and it's not happening. There's a lot of things that don't make sense. There's a lot of see that that page is no good. This is why I love recording live because you kind of gotta go kind of you kind of go with gotta go with what they hand you, and sometimes they don't hand you very much, and you kind of just have to roll with it. Hence why it sounds like I may be yammering a little bit right now. When Terrence Winter was developing Boardwalk Empire, one of the things he didn't know, he didn't, one of the things one of the things he knew he didn't want to do was make another Deadwood. Not that he didn't like Deadwood. 
the foul-mouthed HBO Western. In fact, he loved it. But the show's plethora of historical characters and events made it too easy made it too easily spoiled by Google. Which anyone who knows Google it tends to spoil quite a bit. Finding out how Al finding out how Al Swearingen and Calamity Jane met their ends was just a click away. Behind every every smart TV show there's a timeless, there's a tireless technical advisor, researcher, or producers who sweats the details. Every time, while, every time I'm losing my page, every time Wild Bill Hickok would walk in, I'd go, any minute now he's going to be sitting there at a card table, and great aces with all hates, all eights will come his way. There's a lot of things that that I saw. See, I kind of I, I kind of agree with 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 what he was just saying about Deadwood. I saw I did see Deadwood, and I thought it was I thought it was kind of interesting. I thought that there was there was I I thought I liked the western, the old west kind of feel of it. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, I thought it was kind of odd. That the character's name was Al Swearingen. Um, Swearingen, you you know. <coughs> you know what his character is going to consist of. It's swear, you know. They're giving, they're telling you right there. That's. There's also. I want to. I want to say Timothy Oliphant. I want to say was also. Please correct me if I'm wrong. I'm getting off topic for a second here. Um, that that because I like Timothy Oliphant. Um, there was, there was, there was. There's a, and I want to see. It was a very interesting show, and I wanted to check it out and see what and see what it was like, and. It was it was it, it was interesting, and but I thought that it kind of it kind of went off topic for a sec. You know, Al, like I said, Al Swearingen, that was kind of you know just assuming that, yeah, that's his name. Well, that's kind of easy. That's kind of that's kind of it's just kind of easy that they want that one. So yes, I did like. And I can see where the producers and the writers and stuff drew. Hey, I wanted to do something that might have been inspired by, by Deadwood, but I didn't want to go completely to what Deadwood was. I didn't want that, but I wanted something similar to that. And I've heard a lot about Nucky, and I wanted to base something. I wanted to base something on him. And I came up with he came up with a character the uh, with Steve Buscemi's character. Now, as you just heard, for the most of the beginning couple of a couple of a couple of things that I've been mentioning, uh, Steve Buscemi's Nucky goes way left and way right of the actual Nucky. There, I can understand wanting to create a character based on the act the real character, but you don't want to call him the real character because. 
someone's going to say, that's not who he was. That's not who he was really. He wasn't really like that. He, that, that that's just not him. And they're going to have a problem with him. They're going to fight and they're going to veto or they're going to do something against the show. And it's going to it's 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 going to be it's going to come off a little weird. So you kind of have to go and you ha- you have to change. And that's where I mean, you got pretty close. He called him like I said, Nucky Thompson, you can tell that it's that it's Nucky Johnson. You can just tell that. And his the character's real name, like Steve Buscemi's character, was Enoch Malachi Nucky Thompson. The actual character, the actual guy, was Enoch, I believe, L. Enoch L. Johnson. So everyone can tell, I mean, tell that that's who he's supposed to be. But you also have to go into it assuming that, yes, it's a fictional character. It's a fictional show. This character's creation is going gonna, is gonna to go left to center. How far left to center? We'll see when we see the show. But it's going to go way left to center. They, they even developed... I'm gonna, I'll breeze through it as best as I can. They, ev- they even developed a fictional biography for Buscemi's Nucky Thompson. And Enoch Nucky Thompson was born around 1870 and raised in Atlantic City the eldest child of a poor Irish Catholic family. His father, Ethan, was an abusive alcoholic who at one point scarred Nucky's hand with a fireplace poker. Nucky's sister, Susan, later died of tuberculosis. As a child, Nucky began working for for local political boss, Commodore Louis Caster, Dabney Coleman, who became his mentor in politics. For a time, Nucky attended New Jersey State Normal, the New Jersey State Normal School in Trenton, and planned on becoming a teacher. However, he left college and returned to Atlantic City, working his way up the ladder to become the deputy sheriff in the Commodore's machine, under the close watch of Sheriff Jacob Lindsay, Boris McIver. Nucky became sheriff after he arranged for the Commodore to to perform a rape. Who he arranged for I'm sorry, I read that sentence and then I had to read it again and go, huh? Who was oh, he he arranged for her to, for for the Commodore to rape Jillian Darmudi, who was Gretchen Mall, who was thirteen years old at the time. Fifteen years prior to the series' timeline, Nucky lost his infant son, Enoch Jr., to pneumonia. A tragedy that drove his wife, Mabel, to commit suicide. Nucky helped raise Jimmy Darmudi, Michael Pitt, the Commodore's son, with Jillian, and pulled strings to get him into, the, get him into Princeton University. Into the Princeton University. <laughs> He is disappointed when Jimmy drops out to enlist in World War One, but still gives him a job as his personal driver as the, after the war ends. When Jimmy finds out that Nucky enabled the Commodore to rape Jillian, it creates a rift between them. There's a lot. This there's a lot of very very interesting, interesting background on the fictional. That's that's where you're getting this from. The fictional Steve Buscemi's Nucky. 
in the pilot episode, set the day before Prohibition is to take effect. Nucky, despite public, publicly supporting the ban of alcohol, conspires with other local politicians to profit from a bootlegging scheme. He's assisted by his younger brother, Atlantic County Sheriff Eli Thompson. Nucky makes a deal with mobsters Arnold Rothstein, Lucky Luciano, and John, Johnny Torrio to let them purchase his seaborne liquor shipments exclusively. However, Jimmy conspires with Torrio's, Torrio's driver, Al Capone, to rob Nucky's shipment to Rothstein after the mobster takes Nucky's casino for over $90,000. The heist ends in bloodshed as Jimmy and Capone kill Rothstein's men. Nucky gets Jimmy out of trouble while privately reproaching him and brandishing and banishing him from Atlantic City. He later recruits Jimmy back from Chicago when Rothstein seeks revenge for the robbery. The truck heist also leads Nucky to being pulled under to being put under investigation by by Nelson Van Alden, an agent from the Bureau of Prohibition, who suspects he knows more about the hijacking than he admits. Nucky then meets Margaret Schroeder, a pregnant member of the Women's Temperance League who seeks work for her abusive husband. Nucky is immediately taken with her and gives her some money. He has, he has Hans killed her, the girl's husband, after he beats her so badly that she miscarries a child. And gets her job. And Nucky gets her job at a boutique after she gets out of the hospital. Nucky and Margaret soon become lovers, and by the end of the season, he informally adopts her children, Teddy and Emily. This creates tension between him and his former mistress, Lucy Danziger. Margaret eventually learns the, the extent of Nucky's co- corruption, including his order to have Hans killed. She leaves him after, the, after they have a heated argument. When Margaret finds out that Nucky had lost, had lost a child, however, she meets, him, she meets with him to express her sympathies, and he tells her that the time he spent with her and her children was the happiest of his life. Moved by his sincerity, and realizing that she and her children would likely starve without his support, Margaret renews their relationship. There's so that's a little bit of background on Steve Buscemi's Nucky, and earlier we went over the I mentioned the differences between between Steve Buscemi's Nucky and the real Nucky. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of differences, and the similarities are pretty cool, but the differences are interesting. And like I had mentioned before, you can't expect someone to portray Nucky as he actually was because he wouldn't get that you wouldn't get that much from your viewers. You wouldn't get that much of a draw to the show. So you kind of had to change him. And as you heard, Nucky did have the real Nucky did have some see I guess you could say seedy connections. And so that part is true. Where they kind of use the seedy connections. But they didn't they went they went they went way overboard when they when they brought Nucky into the mob. There's, a, there's it's very very interesting. These are two really really interesting characters. 
So, thank you all so much for listening, as long as you all have. Stick around for a little more in the end here. Want to check out the best travel vlogger and videos anywhere? Go to Atlantic City, Disney, Six Flags, all along the Atlantic City boardwalk, and go to Vegas. Check out the New York channel, N-U-Y-A-W-K, on YouTube. You will be thoroughly impressed and thoroughly entertained. You will love every second of what you're seeing. Go to YouTube and check out N-U-Y-A-W-K. You'll love what you're seeing. You'll enjoy every second of it. Want to check out a really easygoing, fun-loving, extremely enjoyable channel on YouTube? Check out Meg's Fun Time. You really love what you're watching and you really love what you're seeing. It's incredibly entertaining and a lot of fun to watch. And you'll really, really love it. Please, please check out Meg's Fun Time. Want to check out the best cruising podcast everywhere? Check out Fantastic Cruising on YouTube and your favorite podcast platform. And on their Facebook community. Check out Fantastic Cruising. A great, great adventure you will love, love listening to and watching.